0: So we're going to conclude our discussion tonight on the, the chapter of bhava bhakti. Hmm? There's a few verses um, at the end that are interesting and worth discussing in brief then we'll ask questions and uh we we ended last night by hearing about. Bas, and on the ending note we learned that the um, by good association then um, this uh, Bas, we assume he's referring to the Chai um can become real Bhava and even for the person's on the wrong course, it's possible by strong association, as we said, they could change their course, but they have to change the course in order to experience actual uh, bhava-bhakti. Hmm? So, but anyway, tonight's verse is uh, really the second half of the the, uh, the verse that we ended on last night, which says, in the first half, as I'm saying, that by association with devotees it's possible that the bhava becomes real bhava. Hmm? And conversely, the best of bhava bosses can uh, wane like the waning moon hmm. by offense to a devotee. So the association of devotees is everything, and abuse of that is um, the uh, worst thing we can do for ourselves. Hmm. Very important principle, uh, that, uh, again, this it it comes up everywhere, 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 by association, what, how we associate, but how we become. So, very important principle, as I put it, that we have a nature that lends itself to nurture. Hmm? This is the meaning of the tatasta. So, we have the two environments constituted of the srup and maya shaktis, and we have the tatasta shakti. Those are the nourishing environments. So, here I'm referring to srupa shakti, as an environment provided by sadhu-sangha. And if we have that association, we become devotees. If we have Ch- baba Bas, it could become real Bhav. Hmm. All by association. And again, so, hmm, we are made by association and how we take advantage of it. If we abuse good association, then it's possible that our situation will become reversed in this case. Hmm. And even the best, he says, Bhava Bas, gradually wanes, just as the full moon in the sky gradually wanes. Hmm. Then he goes on to make a stronger statement even, to emphasize this point. What point? That um as I say, as much as we are made and our good fortune is created, I should say, by association, if we abuse it, then it's a great misfortune for us. So I think really we're going to hear some verses here that are more or less hypothetical. Hmm. Um, and starts with this, that by offending the great devotee or the Lord, even, what to speak of bhava-bhās uh, waning, the hmm, best of bhava-bhās' waning, even real bhava hmm, can be affected. Hmm. He says... By an offense against the dearest devotee of the Lord, even real bhava will be destroyed. If the offense is grave, if the offense is medium, that bhava will turn to bhava bas. If the offense is slight, that bhava will become of an inferior type. So, the principle of association, important, and then how to associate, hmm, such that we don't make offense, it's important, offending the Vaishnavas, offending the Lord. Um, Here it says, to a very dear devotee of the Lord, so it's making a a, a qualifying his statement. There's all types of offenses we could make, of course, we can offend with our minds, we can offend with our voice, we can offend with our our actions, we could offend an inferior um, um, you're, you're a beginning devotee, we could offend a peer, we could offend a superior devotee. Mm. If you put all this together, if, if you offend a superlative devotee with physically, then you have the worst kind of offense from mental to verbal to physical. The offenses will be graded from lesser to greater. Mm. And of course the devotees are graded from from novice, intermediate, superlative. So you have a superlative devotee and a physical offense, you have the worst combination. Hmm. Um, And and it's said, of course, that these offenses can be remedied, physical offenses can be remedied by rendering service. So we see someone offend physically a devotee, some way then, then they become his disciple and render service. Or verbally, then it can be rectified verbally or mentally. It can be rectified mentally, had a thought. It was offensive. I can counteract the thought and so forth. Uh, so um, here anyway, the subject is offense to a dear devotee. Hmm? And what does he He goes on further and says, um, or the Lord, against the dearest devotee or the Lord. So it's a powerful offense then. Um I mean, in, in one sense, that it's in relation to a superlative devotee. It could be, there are gradations, as he mentions here. So it could be the, in the worst way, it could be in a medium way, or in, in a, or slightly, and the effect will um, be determined accordingly. Hmm? But in the worst case scenario, the bhava is destroyed. Hmm? So, again, I think... Um, this is a little hard to digest because we've heard so much about bhava and what it, what it, what it constitutes and how it's the perfection of sadhana and so forth. It uh, takes one into the nirguna guna and, uh, and, um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a liberated condition, so it's almost like falling from Vaikuntha here. <laughs> but it's the penultimate state, if you will, within bhakti before attaining preem. And um, of course, for the most part, we've been talking about here the sprout of bhava mm. in this chapter, the beginning of that. Um, so that helps us a little bit to uh, wrap our heads around the idea that the bhava could be destroyed. But again, I think the point here is primarily to emphasize the the detrimental effects and potential of offending great Vaishnavas, something that we're warned about over and over again. And it's, it's, it's you think, well, well, I've heard that, I've heard that, I've heard that. But uh, uh, the emphasis of it uh, does seem to be uh, important. And I see, personally, in my experience, so many devotees making offenses, despite so many warnings. Now you're all thinking, I've made so many offenses, I'm not really referring to you, but I mean really offensive. Things that uh, people say and, and do, and so forth. Hmm. Especially, we find with the passing of of, of one charya like Prabhupada, for example, and then um, many of his disciples after that didn't seem to really learn this this point well. It's a point for emphasis. We find it in the Gita. A similar idea. Hmm. The uh, uh, well, that will come later. I'm getting ahead of myself, but. Um, Offense uh, is emphasized here, and therefore this is somewhat of a hypothetical. Hmm. We don't know of any incident where this actually happened, although there is one cited by Vishwanath Chakravita in his commentary on this verse. Hmm. He says that Baba will be destroyed by aparata, the dearest devotees of Krishna, Again, where's the example? He says, the example is Dvibhida, the monkey, a follower of Ram. Mm -hmm. By Aparadha Lakshman, his bhava disappeared. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So this is a story from the Leela. So stories from the Leela also tend to be uh, instructive to us. Mm -hmm. And in them we find devotees sometimes doing things that seem uncharacteristic of devotees. And then we look carefully at it in the commentaries and so forth, and we see, oh, this is part of the drama. Hmm? Like the fall of Jayad Vijay, which we talked about in the recent recent discussion of Nanashinga uh, Chaturdasi and the surrounding days of that uh, recently, um, recent festival at hmm? Saharagrahi. I'm sure most of you heard the discussions, recorded discussions. Very interesting. So Jai Vijay, they fell from Vaikuntha. Of course, you can't fall from Vaikuntha, is the purport. Hmm. But they did. And so, um, it's a long story, of course, but the case is similar here. Hmm. There was a monkey um, advisor to Sugriva, um, the head of the monkeys, of whom Hanuman was the most prominent, and uh, they became the helpers of Ram in the forest. Ram had been banished from the kingdom, and and um, while living in the forest with Sita and Lakshman, Sita had been kidnapped by Ravana. and in the search for Ravana and, and the attempt to return Sita, these monkeys were enlisted in Ram's service, and Hanuman, of course, stands out in his, the excellence of his service and so forth. Um, But Dvita, it means two-minded, was uh, uh, one of the helpers. And he did a lot of service to Ram. Hmm. But he was offensive, I believe, in a physical way to to Lakshman. Hmm. In the Ram Leela, we have Ram Lakshman. This is like Krishna and Balaram, reappearing for another Leela. It's a, it was a difficult leela for, for Balaram. Krishnadas Kallarish Goswami, when he's writing um, his chapter about Nityananda Ram, speaking about the ontological position of Nityananda, at the end of that chapter, he, he tells his own story of how Nityananda appeared in his life, in a dream, and sent him to Vrindavan, and so on and so forth. And somewhere in the context of that, uh, near the end of the chapter, he makes this comment that, um, chronologically speaking, in this world, in terms of the appearance, it's thought that Lila came first, then came Krishna-lila, then comes Chaitanya-lila. Of course, these are all eternal emotional events in the life of the Absolute. So, which comes first? In another sense, Krishna-lila comes first. Ram Lila comes out of Krishna-lila. Hmm? Right, as far as gaur Lila goes, well, that is Krishna Lila. <laughs> gaur Lila, Krishna Lila, just looking at it from, from different angles and so forth. Krishna continuing his Lila and necessity uh, that arose therein that gave rise to the to the uh, to the, the transfer, the, 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 his, the, the change of his complexion and so forth, from dark to to pay, to gate to gold and 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 uh, Chaitanya Lila and so forth. But at any rate. As they say, Ram Lila comes out of Krishna Lila, much as Ram is a partial expression of Krishna. And so where Krishna goes, Ram goes. In this case, I mean this Balaram. <laughs> so as Ram Chandra, Balaram is there as Lakshman, the dear brother, and he accompanied Ram into the forest. But Krishna writes that 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 um that after Ram Lila Lakshman was so frustrated being the younger brother because in Krishna-lila he's the older brother. So um, he he, he wasn't put in the same kind of difficulties as he was in Ram-lila. He couldn't override Ram's order. For example, I think the classic example is that when um, what was his name, Mar- Marichi? Marichi appeared as a golden deer and attracted the attention of Sita who wanted to capture the deer hmm. uh, and asked Ram to capture it. Lakshman spoke up and said, no, no, that's not That's not a good idea. I don't think that's a a, um, a real deer. There's something peculiar about that. So with his wisdom, he weighed in on the situation. But she dismissed him and... And Ram wanted to please her, so Lakshman's good counsel was overridden, and um, it it he got himself in a, it, this. And a number of other instances, a very, very unbearable situation for himself. That if he was the younger, if he was the older brother, he wouldn't have found himself in. So Krishnadas says he kind of, and Leela after experiencing being the younger brother he took a vow never to do that again and krishna and gaurili he came as the as the elder of chaitanya mahaprabhu hmm. so anyway lakshman is important as as balaram is to krishna he sees a a, perf, a perfect servitor of ram hmm. as nityananda is of chaitanya mahaprabhu and so um, Das also writes there in that story of his own life how his own his own brother, in whose home he was living, was found to be a devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who didn't have regard for Nityananda Prabhu. And realizing that, Das left home, he became homeless, walked out. And Nityananda Prabhu came to him in a dream and told him, go to Vrindavan. He came with his associates. They were chanting, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. And they were wearing peacock feathers and carrying sticks and flutes and... And so forth, and Nityananda Prabhu said to him, "Go to Vrindavan; all your desires will be fulfilled there." He woke up from the dream and immediately left for Vrindavan. Of course, he became the great Krishnas Kabiraj Raj Goswami. Hmm. He tells his, his story there, how this came about, hmm. the writing of Chaitanya Charitamrita, and so forth. Hmm. His attaining Vrindavan by the grace of Nityananda Prabhu. <inaudible> this is the way through Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm. So he gives this, uh, what is it called? What is it called? Anyway, half-hand, I forget the Sanskrit, but half-hand logic. You know the half-hand logic. Kutuku, Kukutinaya, kind of logic. from from the Nyaya Shastra, so. Half hand means the man had a hen, and you know the story, right? If he'd, he was making a living from selling eggs, and so from one hole in the chicken, eggs came out, that made him money. From another hole, the mouth, he had to put money in in the form of feed. So I thought, what's this? One hole I have to spend money, other hole is making money, cut off the head and I won't have to spend any money. Of course, then he didn't get any eggs. After that, so he said, this kind of logic applied to Gornathai, this is a spiritual suicide. Hmm? That if you profess faith in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu but have don't have regard for Nityananda Prabhu, or even the slightest disregard for Nityananda Prabhu, hmm? Mahaprabhu went out of his way again and again and again to emphasize the importance of Nityananda Prabhu, who himself, no one more... Nityananda Prabhu has brought people to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. He's the greatest servitor of Chaitanya. People might wonder what is Nityananda's role with regard to the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And some people try to force him into being a receiver of the gift, and just like they try to make Prabhupada into a Manjari, even though he repeatedly said, I'm a coward, and, and this is my affinity, and so forth. They even tried to make Nityananda Prabhu into Manjari. This is a, a, an idea that's not embraced by, by Krishna Raj Goswami or Vrindavan Thakur. Hmm? But what is his role then? Hmm? He's not. He's the, in the role of Balaram and he, he's the Sevaka Bhagavan. He's, the, he's the, the, the personification of the Godhead in the, in the form of, of service. And so no one does more than Nityananda Prabhu to bring people to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and give them that opportunity. And as I say, in the course of doing that, some people get attracted to him, his mercy, and they end up imbibing the, the sakyabhav that he has. He himself is, is not openly trying to canvas for that as much as he is to just try to bring people to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? So, such an important person, Mahaprabhu, In a number of occasions we see him going out of his way to make clear who he is because... After all, he was a little unorthodox in his behavior and, and um, wearing his bhava on his sleeve, so to speak, hmm. um, an avidut. Hmm. He would, uh, he would uh, sometimes show up in a, in a social setting naked, being oblivious to the fact that he was naked or being in the, in the mindset of a young boy who, as I said, in relation to the Kumaras when we had this talk, they could go anywhere. A young boy shows up naked, young, not an adolescent, but a young boy, it's not a problem. Hmm. So, so he did that, but he also jumped in the Ganges and swam with crocodiles. So, you have to be able to do both. So anyway, he was unorthodox and hard to understand, and Mahabhavu repeatedly tried to emphasize in his circle the importance of Nityananda Prabhu and to show regard to him. And so forth, and so Krishna makes this point that if we don't have regard for Nityananda Prabhu, then our regard for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is like the half-hand logic. Hmm. So that's not a good that's not a good reasoning to cut off the head of the chicken because then you won't have to pay for the feed anymore, thinking that you'll have eggs for free. It doesn't work like that. Hmm. So we don't want to offend Nityananda Prabhu. We don't want to offend any Vaishnav or any form of the Lord. Um, but here we're speaking about the Nityananda because Vidvita was a devotee of Ram, but he was offensive towards Lakshman, mm. the Ram, the Bal Ram, the Nityananda, if you will, of Ram Lila, mm. and so in his next life, if you will, he took birth in Krishna Lila as the famous Vidvita gorilla, who. Um, I believe who who, who, who was uh, uh, very offensive to devotees, and he, he um, uh, went and chased Brahmins away from their place of sacrifice and urinated there and contaminated the place, and it was a real problem for the pious people, and balaram Lakshman dealt with him. In that Leela. So, Vishnu Chakritaka gives him as an example of someone who was a devotee who had bhava, hmm? but because of offense in his next life, uh, we see he lost his bhava, he became, became a demon. Of course, as I'm saying, hmm? Vishnu or in another place uh, makes the point in Jiva Goswami as well that just as Jain Vijay, quote unquote, fell from Vaikuntha. Apparently, but there were internal reasons for it. It was not a fall from grace. Similarly, there is this uh, dwidvita, and there's another one, mm, maidra or something no, else. Uh, there, there are two attendants in Maykuntha, and the expansions of them for reasons um, appeared in Ram Leela And Vishnu Tattvam says that Krishna arranged this whole affair for Devita to offend Lakshman and and so on and so forth. So for the sake of what? Instructing us, don't make offenses. Hmm. So as I say, we don't know of any example. And then we say, well, here's an example. But the example is in the Lila and Krishna arranged it. Hmm. In another way, we find that Bharat fell down from his bhava, but uh, we heard about that in our discussions earlier about bhava-bhakti. And Krishna arranged that. It's a different kind of... It wasn't by offense, but somehow it became distracted and attracted to a fawn. And so how could that happen to someone? It can't, really. But Krishna arranged it for a purpose and and we're instructed by it what to be careful and always uh, uh, to to create a favorable situation for ourselves, to avoid distractions, and so on and so forth. I mean, even in the ashram, we're always a concentrated environment. The mind is hard to control so you need to work even within that and uh avoid that which could be distracting look at the life of bilva mangala Thakur. Hmm. and we talked about him recently in our discussions about bhava bhakti also because his krishna karnamrit his book was cited twice in recent discussions um about the qualities, the characteristics of those in bhava bhakti. And in our explaining those verses, we told a little bit the story of Bilamangala Mangalatakur. Pretty extraordinary. That point perhaps wasn't emphasized, but uh, he came to Vrindavan after getting the inspiration from the prostitute Chintamani. Um, And in Vrindavan, he had been been driven by lust uh, one night, to try to meet with a with a um, with a prostitute and the effort that he made, uh, she thought, "If you had only made this effort for Krishna, your life would be perfect." She be- and she caused her to become a great devotee and caused him to go become a great devotee. So, we told the story. But anyway, when he went to Vrindavan, then after some time, he was um, in the house of a Brahmin and was being offered. Lunch, something like that. And the Brahmin went out to get something, and his wife was there. And Bhimra Thakur found himself that that lust had not fully been purged from his heart. So he was suddenly in an environment where it could come out. So we may think we're fine. You all of a sudden we get in an environment, and our sung scars. We go, oh, they're deeper than I thought. They come out, and they and they take over. So there's something to be said for out of sight, out of mind. Hmm. It's not. Uh, we're not talking about repression here but we're talking about something practical if out of sight doesn't take it out of mind hmm. then we have to have another strategy hmm. right? Hmm. but uh, we could try it hmm. and of course out of sight in our context means we put other things in sight so nice devotees, deities Favourable environment, and so forth. So, at any rate, he found some that the the, the, the sun scar for us had not been completely removed. He found himself suddenly, for a moment, attracted to the wife, and it was so embarrassing to him to have those feelings. Hmm. And the greatness of his devotion, you see, it's very interesting because his devotion was very great, and still there was some trace. Hmm, He would have never never acted on it. Hmm. But he noticed the trace. But his devotion was so great that he sought to remedy it in a way that that is evidence of the measure of his bhakti. Hmm. What did he do? He asked her if he could borrow her um, Hairpins. hairpins. She said, what? So she gave her hairpins. And then he made himself blind not an easy thing to do, huh? You've got to be really mad. I read a story some time ago about a man who, who on on meth, amphetamines, pulled out his eyes and ate them. That's pretty crazy. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, it gets pretty bad. Uh, So, this is a little different, but it's a kind of madness. People might equate it. That's why I bring it up. But it's quite different. It's a world of difference. Hmm? He didn't eat them, <laughs> but on the strength of his devotion. So, so this is just it just tells us this person was a deep, deep, deep devotee. Hmm? He's an ordinary person who couldn't do that, and wouldn't react to. Oh, he would just think it's there. I'm not going to act on that. Okay, hmm? fine. You know, I'm okay. But when we advance, then the when we see some small defect in ourself, we magnify it. It becomes magnified in our minds. Others will think, what? That's your defect? If I had that, then my life would be virtuous. And we find great devotees thinking about themselves. In this way, but it's just the nature of the spiritual progress. We tend to think, we'll, we'll take it seriously. And it's full-blown, you know, deviation and so forth. Hmm. So just a, just a trace and how he responded to it. Hmm. So we don't think of him because oh, Bill Belong was not the guy had some lust in Vrindavan We don't think we think oh, that's the guy that you know went made himself blind. Hmm. It's not that we're recommending something that you make yourself blind or cut off your you know, organs of procreation or something like that. Um, but but the extraordinary measure of his devotion is what it's highlighted. We're awed by that. Hmm. So, so um, great devotees, this is a little different because he, he is an, the example in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of a Sadhaka. We we're really talking about devotees in Leela doing something, making some extraordinary Apparent, uh, apparently deviating in some extraordinary way, as in the case of Vidvita, and so on and so forth. So, this is orchestrated by Krishna to make a point, teach us, and so forth. Hmm. Um, the story of Bharat is the story of sadhana, how he got distracted. The story of Bilvamangala, similar. Hmm. That will come up too here. Not that story, but the point I'm making here hmm, about Bhilvamangala Thakur having bhava and having some undesirable um, quality hmm, or be, in his heart or behavior. I him up. But here still we're talking about, first, the power of offense. Hmm? And so we don't know of any example. The one that's been cited is like, well, that's a bit of a stretch, Thakurji, Vishenachakuri Thakurji. So, anyway, we make that stretch to emphasize the point that even the bhava-bhakta should be careful hmm? with regard to making offense to, to to dear devotees what to speak of ourselves. Hmm? Now, that doesn't mean that we become neurotic about it. Hmm? And like we're walking on eggshells everywhere. Offense means with some malice, and uh, some with some in, in, intention... That could be unintentional, but this is very minor then. So, anyway, he gives a gradation of offenses uh, in relation to a superlative devotee mm. or the Lord. Mm. And so a, a, a gradation of results. Bob is removed, the bhav becomes bhava-bhahs, mm. or the bhav, in a, in, a, in a medium case, in a slight case, it becomes a lesser bhav. So he gives example from Dasi, it becomes Shanta. Now here again... Largely in this chapter, we're talking about the sprout of Bhava coming. And we found in the, again, in the, uh, uh, in relation to the Shinga Leela, the Shringade Leela, and the fall of Jai Vijay, that, that the Kumaras had an opportunity that they were presented with to attain Dasya Bhakti in conjunction with the association of the gatekeepers of Vaikunta, who were in Dasya Bhava. Hmm. They were not bhava-bhaktas. They were jnanis. They had an association of the gatekeepers. They could have attained dasya bhava, but they made offense to the gatekeepers. And so, it was slight, Hmm. but it was an offense to to Vaikuntha people. Hmm. And so, what they could have attained, dasya bhava, they didn't, and they attained instead shantabhava, shantarasa. Hmm. So there was a downgrade... But it wasn't a downgrade to someone fully attained their stai bhava, which is how we tend to think about it. How can that be, how can it possibly be downgraded, removed, or changed? So this is the only example I know of cited in the scriptures. And again, it's in relation to someone who doesn't, hasn't even attained bhava, but has the prospect of attaining and made offense, and so but they could have attained, they didn't attain. They attained the lesser bhava. So the point here is what? Basically, that we should, even into bhava bhakti we're cautioned to avoid offenses um, uh, to devotees. There is the famous story of Rupa Kabiraj and Himalata Takarani mm-hmm. in Gaurila, but it's not clear what the position of, of um, Rupa Kabiraj was story goes that he was giving the Bhagavatam class, and Himalata talk around him. Himalata, she came and, um, to attend the class, and she was chanting during the class. Generally, if someone's doing japa during your class, uh, you know, you'd say, don't chant Hare Krishna. I thought the teaching was a chant Krishna. You know, so... Obviously, they're, what, go somewhere else if you're going to chant Hare Krishna. If you come to the class, come to the class. So, Rupa Rupakaviraj told her, stop chanting. I'm giving the Bhagavatam class now. You should not chant. She said that she, that she couldn't stop chanting. Hmm. Her tongue was moving, and so she was very in a very exalted stage. He didn't recognize it. So, he again, I guess, um, maybe dismissed her or kicked her out of his class or something like that. For this offense, and he fell down. He ended, ended up propagating a, a, a misconception about bhakti, mm-hmm. about Rag bhakti famous misconception. The idea that with your sadaka-deha, because Rupa Goswami says in Rag bhakti we should perform service with a deha and a siddhadeha. So he thought that we should perform the, the service of the asita-deha like a gopi in the sadaka-deha, wearing a sari, and so on. So it's a more sophisticated theological deviation than it might sound. Because so if you think, oh, this guy's putting on a sari, thinking he's a gopi. Obviously, he's, you know, a deviant. But the, the, it's very subtle, actually, what his philosophical points were. And Vishnu Takti Thakur came and gave the interpretation that rendered that a deviation from the orthodoxy of Bodhi He said the verse means that you should render service in your daya and siddhadeya as it's attained, Mm-hmm. And follow the footsteps of the people of Vrindavan. Mm-hmm. But in the Siddhadeya, we follow the devotees as they appear in Krishna Leela in their Siddhasarupas. And in our Sadhaka Deya, we follow the same devotees as they appear in this world in their Sadhaka Deyas, like Rupa Goswami. Mm-hmm. You understand? So in the Siddhadeya, if you follow the Gopi Bhav, you'll follow Rupa Manjari. Mm-hmm. But you don't do what Rupa Manjari does in the Leela, in your Sadakadeya. You do what Rupa Goswami does Mm. in your Sadakadeya. You understand? So, he made this distinction. It's a famous history of Gaudiya Vaishnava. It's an important philosophical point. But anyway, this is what happened to Krishna, to to Rupa Kaviraj.
1: Mm. But
0: again, we don't necessarily... Um, he, he's not thought to be an example necessarily of someone who was in bhava bhakti and lost his bhava by the offense but he made offense and this is one of the results he didn't turn into a pumpkin or something like that but something worse Right? started propagating a heterodox uh, understanding of Godi Vaishnavism so anyway a, a caution here, strong caution as the chapter uh um, comes to a conclusion about making offense even for a bhava-bhakta is the point. So more hypothetical, because again, we really don't know much of any instance the one has been cited as extraordinary and arranged by Krishna himself. Hmm? So having said that, he says another thing. Now, another important point, he says that by intimate association with a person who strongly desires mukti. Hmm? And here he's referring to impersonal liberation. Sadayati mamukcho supratistiti. By such association... Intimate association. Intimate association means embracing similar ideas and um, and so forth. Uh, but with such a person, real bhava becomes bhava bas or becomes worship of the self as the Lord. That's called Ahangro, ahangro pasanam ahangro, Self worship. Um aham, Gopala Gopal, it's a kind of meditation that uh, some of these uh, liberation seekers, I guess, engage in. Hmm. So, this then what, seems rather odd because we think the power of the association of a Baba Bhakta hmm, would prevail over the association of a of a, of a uh, seeker of, of, of moksha that relegates bhakti to a lesser status than jnana, for example, Um, sees bhakti only as a means and so forth, but that's an offensive position to take, so associate with them. It's not a good idea. Hmm. We don't know of an example, but it's again, this is a caution, Hmm. that um, keep good association with devotees and like-minded people, life short. Hmm. That will call your progress. If you have to for preaching, you can venture into other areas and examine the doctrines of others and uh, and so on and so forth. But if you don't have to, yeah, don't don't trouble yourself with that and with the association of such such persons who have a strong scar for such a thing.
1: Mm.
0: Again, we don't know of any instance, so I look at it more as a hypothetical. More, thus it p- applies more to ourselves, who are seeking to attain Bhava. Hmm. Then he says, What? Hmm? Another point. It is seen that sometimes the new devotees, absorbed in the goals, in the goals of different types of liberation, like sarupya, sarsti, samipya, and so forth, identify themselves with the Lord momentarily during dancing or other acts of devotion.
1: Hmm.
0: So this is picking up on the Angra-pasanam. Sometimes this, this happens. For a moment, is this is only a representative term. It implies as well that the attempt to identify oneself as a Lord may last for a long time. Muktapakshaga means those who are absorbed in the goals of sarupya, sarsti, and samipya. Then he says that bhava sometimes appears in a person who has not performed any sadhana or has not received directly the mercy of the Lord hmm? and has no scriptural knowledge. So what is the case of such a person because we've understood that bhava comes from sadhana or from the mercy of a devotee or, or, or the Lord. Hmm? but Sometimes we don't see any instance of the Lord's mercy per se and um, nor that of a devotee nor any sadhana. So he says, in such cases it should be understood that in the previous life some obstacle came in that person's skillful practice of sadhana hmm? and in this life the obstacle has been removed. And so he or she was at a certain stage there was an obstacle, and with the next life, it's removed. Sometimes this will happen. There will be obstacles in our life that we don't entirely cross over, but we we're able to avoid acting on them. Hmm? In the next life, they're not a problem. They're not there. You look forward to that. <laughs> so, um, so in other words. They did sk- skillful sodden in the previous life. Hmm. And now they pick picked, and the an obstacle got in the way, they passed on, came back and they pick up where they left off. So we see that people, not everyone, you know, all the flowers don't blossom in the garden at the same time. People come from different backgrounds and so forth. Some of them hit the ground running. Some have a hard time standing up. Hmm. We're working with everybody accordingly. Hmm. Najibu Goswami gives an example of Ritrasura. Mm. Ritrasura, he was a demon. In previous life he was too chitraketu. Mm. He was a great devotee. He offended Parvati's sensibilities. Mm. He saw Parvati sitting on the lap of Shiva and he, and he chuckled, thinking, ah, Shiva is thought to be a big renunciate, so here he is, hand by his wife. And, and so Shiva came very, took exception, cursed him to become a demon. And Shiva was, <gasps> held his breath and Chiketu said, let it be. Mm. Let it be. Mm. Uh, Shiva made a nice statement. What did he say? He said, What is the position of the devotees? She said, he's instructing poverty. You should see whether they're in heaven or hell. Liberated or unliberated makes no difference to them. Hmm. So the fact that he was cursed to take birth as a demon, it, it had no. He didn't try to check it, he could have. Hmm. So he was uh, mature in his in his, in his bhakti. Hmm. And next life he appeared as Ritrasura, and in the midst of, was Ritrasura fighting with Indra? And it's a fighting this um Richard Sura comes out with these beautiful prayers, hmm? explaining Ragh-bhakti. <laughs> bhakti Like, where would that come from? <laughs> um, and so, he's an example. It all happened in the previous life. Some obstacle came. And so, it showed, and now it's, his previous, his past shows up in the present. Hmm? And he says, "What that Baba which is more amazing than anything in this world, which gives all powers, which is very deep, is caused by Krishna's mercy. And what he's saying here is he's reflecting back on what was said earlier that there are two ways in which Baba is attained by Sadhana and by the mercy of Krishna or the, or the mercy of, of Krishna's devotee. And he says here, the most wonderful type is that Baba that is given directly by Krishna. Hmm. And... Here, Jiva Goswami says that the author is thinking, Rupa Goswami, about examples like Putana. Mm. So that's why it's most wonderful because it it illustrates the super, extraordinary Mm. mercy, kindness of Krishna. Mm. You give such, such a blessing, Mm. and such a high result came Mm. immediately. then he makes another point. He says, if some apparent fault is seen in a person who has developed real bhava, again, the example of Bilalongla Takwa comes to mind that I was citing earlier. Mm -hmm. One should not be hostile to such a person because that person has accomplished the goal in all respects. Mm -hmm. So it it, it may be the case that Let's say you have a box of camphor. You know camphor? It has a very powerful scent. So if you keep camphor in a box, you open the box and you take out all the camphor and close the box. Then I give you the box, you open it, you'll smell camphor. But there's no camphor there. Hmm. They say where there's smoke, there's fire. It's not entirely true. There was fire. But the fire could be out. Hmm. There could be no flames. Smoke would remain, something like that. So, we're cautioned. In the case of Vilamangal Thakur is a good example. He found some lust in his heart. Shall we characterize him by that, or by the obvious bhakti and bhava that he had that caused him to react to it in the way that he did? Obviously, the latter is uh, the side we will take. We are advised as such. Hmm? Um, there may be some external bad contact con- conduct, but one should not be hostile to such a devotee, because of having by having bhava, the person cannot be contaminated by those external actions. And he cites a verse in this regard hmm? from the Geruda Purana whether one is pure or contaminated regardless of one's external situation, simply by remembering the lotus-eyed personality of Godhead. One can cleanse one's internal and external existence. reminds us of a Pichet Sudaracharo in the Bhagavad Gita. He's properly situated, even if he appears to have some fault. We we'll weigh in on the fact that he's properly situated. Now, you know, people think, well, how do I, you know, I see some devotee, He's deviating. Maybe he has baba. The symptoms of baba we've already gone through. <laughs> characteristics, the observable characteristics, and so so. Both things have to be there, hmm. right? Uh, and this would these are exceptions, and extraordinary examples, and so forth. And I give the example of Bilba Mungal Talker, and again we see how he responded to the to the, the behavior, which was really only in his mind. But it could play itself out in some other way. It's possible. So all possibilities are being discussed. These are exceptions to the norm. Mm. And if someone is, is pretending to have bhava and and continually engaging in activities that are um, reprehensible mm. by the standard of dharma and of behavior and so forth... And then says, I have the bow if I can do. This verse, obviously, it's an abuse.
1: Hmm.
0: He cites a verse from the Shingaparana. A person who is dedicated completely to the Lord may show externally some contamination, but internally he's pure. The full moon, although marked by the figure of a rabbit, is never overcome by darkness. So, this is a. In the scriptures, they see that, a rabbit there. People see other things, I suppose. But but, uh, when the full moon comes out, here's the point, and it's a nice one. When the full moon comes out at night, it's so beautiful. Hmm. The full moon rises. It's very beautiful in the sky, in the clear sky. And no one, no one, you know, all the poets writing and so forth, but no one says, and the moon rose, but it had spots on it. Hmm. Bummer. Mm. This doesn't—it's it, so brilliant. Those are just—it's it's not even—not even noticed. Mm. Of course, the moon is himself said to have noticed his faults when he rose at the time of the appearance of Gor Gaur, Gorchandra, the golden moon of Sri Chaitanya who has no spots whatsoever. Therefore, he covered himself with Rahu, and there was an eclipse for the time of the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So this is a beautiful, poetic explanation of the of the workings of nature, hmm. in connection with the appearance of of the of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the world. Hmm. But again, when we see the moon. I mean, I can think of many times seeing the moon, and I never ever thought, "Oh, it has some spots on it." Or heard that, or any writing like that. Hmm. So it's a good example, actually. Hmm. And that is how bright a devotee should be in our life hmm. for us to be able to minimize any external hmm, apparent uh, discrepancy, something like that. Very bright, very luminous. Hmm. And so this brings us to the close of an of extraordinary chapter. With it, Rupa Goswami says, Rati is another name for bhava, is naturally and eternally unstable because, he explains himself, it is continuous, ever-increasing desires for pleasing the Lord and is full of bliss. Manifesting this instability in the form of a variety of sanchari bhavas is tastier than millions of moons. Hmm. So he's referring to the fact that the bhava, the, the, the sthayi bhava, in time, will be augmented by these sanchari bhavas, or 33 sanchari bhavas. They don't all apply to every rasa. Hmm? But those that do enter in, influence, and then they're transient, so then they, their influence recedes, and so this, it's, it's like an ocean hmm, of rasa ups and downs as I said we move in the world for search of love we can't rest till we find it and we find it it has a movement of its own Hmm. so it is with bhakti Hmm. and it makes the heart steady but uh, unsteady in its steadiness but the unsteadiness is part of its steadiness being focused on Krishna dynamic as he is Causing so many emotions to arise, and and, uh, and this, in this an ongoing, continuous way, forever, without end. Hmm? are there any questions? Yes.
1: Regarding want to have some thoughts on the etiquette on the
0: internet. There is none, unfortunately. So we need an internet czar who is. Uh, to weigh in and ding, opera <laughs> thats the problem. That's why I have recently kind of signed off. It's, it's just people don't know who's who, how to you give a good answer. They don't even understand why it's a good answer, and then oh, it's just—it's just—it's just it's just its just a its an unfortunate situation there. Hmm. Um, yeah. The general mandate on operat of course, is in a preaching situation, is if people make offense, then yeah. you know to defeat them, or, or to leave the place, something like that. But um, unfortunately, people don't know when they're defeated half the time. No. They don't they don't understand how to read, how to well, what what are conclusive statements, and how we arrive at them. And so much fanaticism is there. Hmm. Not in the name of of, of faithful adherence, um, oh, it's 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 a problem. Do the best you can. Don't make offenses. Hmm. You try to make the right point, but um, I I see people come on and you know you you make a point on a thread, and it's, and then they have nothing to say, and then they come back on some other thread, and they're <clears throat> making the same point, and you already you know it's like. It's 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 very it seems very rare that somebody really gets it and if they do then for a minute they have some epiphany well he's really saying making some good points here and then without continued association and so forth they can't seem to hold in that uh, favorable pattern for very long so it's uh, taking a rest from that hmm. it's a problem what else.
1: So it's just discussing how an offense to a devotee of the Supreme Lord can cause great disturbance. Now, so
0: I guess that refers also to like the scripture, the Paha, the or other scriptures. And sometimes I see devotees that they have their book and they put like their cup on top
1: of it. Oh, yeah, we don't do
0: that. So it I
1: guess it's the same kind of Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I remember once I gave a class, and a uh, was a teacher from a Christian school brought all his students to hear you know, and they all sat on their bibles, <laughs> they had their Bibles on, sat on the floor, and they you know I was like shocked <laughs> I didn't say anything it. I think I took the Bible and uh, at this before I spoke <laughs> Anyway, yeah we we have to have uh, guard for the uh mm-hmm. Bhagavatam it's considered um what is that verse? Um, Idam Bhagavatam Nama Puranam Bhana Summitam Vatam Slokacharitam Chakara Bhagavatam Shay Shah Lukasidanam BHA. uh, Bhagavatam is a the literary incarnation of God, so it's like there's the tortoise incarnation, the fish incarnation, there's the the Shreem avatar. there's the book avatar, Granta avatar.
1: Mm. It
0: used to be in um, days gone by where there weren't printing presses that would be kept on the altar Mm. only by qualified people who could read and understand and explain it. Mm. Then you print it and give it everywhere and people abuse and misuse and that's the the inevitable um, result of preaching, therefore, the preacher has to be able to digest the distinct possibility that people will make offense. Mm. They will be good, that people will make offense. You have to be able to digest it.
1: Mm.
0: So we should have high regard for the books. Yes.
1: Can we extend it also in the sense that in today's age, that all the books are on e-books? On computers or on like iPads, so
0: in that sense, if we if we have a computer or an iPad and we're using it for the scripture, we shouldn't use it for nonsense. Also, so it's like yeah. putting chicken in the oven and, and uh, the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, we 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 use this technology for only for devotional purposes,
1: hmm. Hmm.
0: not for anything else. So.
1: Yeah.
0: We. C- you know, we can use anything in Krishna's service, but we don't want to be used by things in the name of Krishna's service. Just be attached to gizmos and gadgets, and, and be under their spell, so to speak. Mm. But so it takes some power, some spiritual power, to be able to use those things for something other than which what they were, you know, created for, so to speak. Mm. Use the thorn. The example is sometimes given to take out a thorn. You've got know, thorn on your leg; you can take another thorn to get it out. Something like that. These things have no value otherwise. It's yantra vigyan It said that Arjuna at one point was um, helped this demon Maya Dhanava mm-hmm. saved from a forest fire. Right? Right. Agni was eating the forest, and so he gave Arjuna a blessing he would have yantra to and Krishna said don't take it it's meant for Kali Yuga yeah, it means science, means kind of science science of machines
1: let's
0: mm. see where the science of machines is going they're telling you you are a machine <laughs> you are a machine and we will create robots to prove it they will be completely human mm. to prove to you that you are you are a machine Of course, my response is, and then that machine will think, do I have a soul or not? And you you never get away from it. They become completely human, then they'll have to think like this. Hmm. People are very bent on this, uh, proving that there's no meaning to life,
1: Hmm.
0: which would be the idea. Just like machines don't have any meaning Unless we, 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 we give them meaning, right? Hmm. If a machine dies, you, know, you kill a machine, you don't go to jail. I guess if you destroy somebody else's machine, but I mean, that's another thing. Hmm. It's not murder. <laughs> so where does it become murder? See, this becomes arbitrary. We decide this is murder. Killing a cow machine is not murder, but killing a human machine at this age is murder. You know, it's very it becomes very arbitrary. Hmm. Um, but anyway, my point only is, and this is—they're very bent on making the case that there's no meaning to life, no, no soul, no purpose, just material particles combining in certain ways and they have certain results, and so. But really, what they're really bent on finding meaning hmm? can't get away from it. The meaning is that there's no meaning, and they really have to convince us of this. So, you it's another example, you can't you can't get away from the fact that we are meaning seeking. Hmm? It's never going to go away. God's never going to go away. Hmm? That's good. <laughs> so, what else? Yes.
1: You um, said so that there is a great potential for committing offenses
0: when each one of these on. of um,
1: is that why it's so important for um, an universe disciple to finally do good shiksha?
0: Well, we're always advised to have association with advanced devotees. always doesn't change and at a time like that then certainly we want this best association that we can we can can find in particular we want to be protected yeah but it's not necessarily the case that with the disappearance of the Acharya there's great opportunity for offenses but it's it, it, it did happen with the disappearance of Prabhupada and there are reasons for it does not necessarily that that's going to be the case every time that the majority departs. Sometimes we'll go into the the reasons behind it all. This particular phenomenon in relation to Prabhupada's disappearance. But I think basically it's coming from there. They need guidance. They don't, people don't recognize it. Of course, it's complicated by the fact that certain persons were presented as presented themselves as being capable to guide and then they disappointed them so then the pendulum swings the other way and then they have a lack of trust and and then they artificially put confidence in in a previous acharya in a way that makes it difficult for them to put trust in a present acharya or to recognize one and so, their reaction to a problem is as bad as the problem itself. It's not the solution. Hmm. But anyway, so we emphasize this point. Yes, we only need good association. Hmm. And so, you should become a good association. Hmm. After I leave, before, that will be best. All right. stop there. You see, Gaur Nithyananda ki jai, Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampra ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivinanda ki jai, Udpremanande.